Okay, our first message we brought to us by Mr. David Hope. It is entitled, Binding and Loosening on Earth. Thank you, Mr. Witt. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see everyone here today. Had a chance to stand at the side to see who's out here today. Well, I want to come up or not, I'm going to get thrown at. No, but I didn't see any tomatoes or anything. Been a beautiful day today, but compared to last week. What was it? Some of the older people will remember, was it? Uh, uh, Art Link letter that said that kids say the darnest thing, was that who it was? Some of the younger people would even, probably won't even know who that is, but someone sent me a little deal, four or five little deals on here, and I thought I'd read it before I get into it. It says, these words of wisdom are said to have come from real kids who obviously have a lot more wisdom than one might expect. Here's the first one says, and it didn't say how old the kid is, but I can identify that. It says, never trust a dog to watch your food. My wife can identify with that too here. A few years ago, one of her, was it Stephanie that gave us that Doberman Panzer? A beautiful, beautiful female dog. Just a beautiful dog. And we had her to keep company with our blind mutt dog outside, you know. And, and I like to cook... Uh, steaks or hamburgers or something, a lot of times on Friday evening, you know, after a hard day's work and, and uh, you know, maybe eat outside if the flies aren't too bad. But anyway, I had, I like to experiment too. And I bought two kinds of steaks. I bought some ribeye, you know, some really top dollar, either ribeye or New York strip, I'm not sure. But anyway, it was high dollar steak. And I bought some cheap round steak. I had them treated them both the same way and I got my charcoal griller ready and I usually take my stopwatch and I time you know five minutes but with the lid down and I brush it and all that and, and then then I put my meat on and well, anyway I had my meat on the table out on the patio never had a problem with it well I went out there to put the steaks on and our Doberman Pinscher took the high dollar steak and had it out there on the ground you know eating it so I didn't take it away so Anyway, so I, I, that, that little boy learned at a young age what it took me years to learn. Don't trust your dog with food. Here's one some of you may identify with. When your dad is mad, at, mad and asks you, do I look stupid? Don't answer him. That's little kids. Never tell your mom her diet's not working. Home is where the house is. Here's one that Mr. Trump may have taken up on that. It says, if you want a kitten, start out with a horse. It took me a little while. My wife had to tell me that. But if you want a kitten, start off with a horse, and, you know, and then you negotiate your way down to the kitten. Here's probably the last one. When you get, when you get a bad grade in school, show it to your mom when she's on the phone. Or when she's talking to other ladies. We went years ago, uh, back in the early days of CGI, Church of God International. Um, we were on a float trip down the Illinois River. Some of the, uh, the older men here, I mean younger men that were teenagers at the time, probably remember that. And our daughter Sharon 
came up, and, and we were down, if you're familiar with our, the uh, Illinois River, you'll know that there's a bridge down there, and used to, people could jump off of it. I think it's illegal now to do that. And uh, Sharon had come up to my wife and said, uh, what she thought, can I go to the bathroom with these girls? And Fran said, yes. And a few minutes later, this one lady, I don't remember who it was now, maybe Nellie Johnson or someone said, Fran, I can't believe you let Sharon jump off of that bridge up there. She said, no, I told her she could go to the bathroom. So anyway, you, you catch your mom busy and, and uh, you know, you're not near as apt to be in trouble. So, getting on with the message. There are individuals in some churches that claim they have Bible authority to create and or do away with God's laws or alter the laws or change the laws or, or maybe even switch and slide the Sabbath to Sunday, the Lord's Day. You know, they, they feel that they have Bible authority to do that. And one of the scriptures they use, and I've, I've used this uh, uh, example in times past, but it's usually in a different context, trying to disprove, you know, the fact that Peter is the primacy, you know, and all that. But it, there's still a lot of things that you can glean out of it. In Matthew 16th chapter, verse 13 through 19, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say I, the Son of Man, am? Legitimate question. And, and they said, you know, several of them didn't say which one in particular, they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets, you know, I guess they thought they reincarnation or something, but anyway, and Simon Peter, oh, and in verse 15, he said, oh, and he said to them, but who say you that I am? He's asking a question directly to them. And Simon Peter, he's always pretty quick to come back with an answer. You know, he's pretty flamboyant. Anyway, Simon Peter answered and said, you are Christ, or the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which means son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So he didn't just speak to him right then, but you know, he was implying that the Holy Spirit through God, or God through the Holy Spirit, revealed that to Peter, that he, who he is. And a lot of people didn't understand that, you know, and if they're not called, they won't. And verse 18, and I say unto you, and I've read this before, and I'll get into it a little bit, and I won't cover it in the exact same way. That you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you, and people think you're talking to Peter, the, king, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we've heard this explained a lot of different ways, and I'm not going to condemn anybody because uh, uh, I would explain it a little differently. But anyway, but uh, I'm going to back up a little bit to verse 18 where it talks about Peter. And I'm not going to do like I normally do, uh, go into that. I go into a lot of detail. and, and uh, 
basically for the proving that Peter is not, uh, you know, the chief apostle and all that. We we all know that and understand that. But I'm going to just just briefly cover that verse when Jesus said, "I say unto you, you are Peter." Just picture them talking, Jesus talking directly to Peter. He says, you are Peter. And the Greek word for that is Petros, P-E-T-R-O-S. And if you're up on the Strong's numbers, that's 4074. 40, and that's mentioned 162 times in the New Testament. Then Jesus said, you know, you're, you're Petros, you're Peter, the small rock. This is a small rock. It's not a big rock. There's a difference in this. And he pointed to himself and said, I am Petra, I mean, I am Petra. And upon this rock, he was pointing to himself, and Petra, P-E-T-R-A, and the Greek word is number 4073, and meaning, Jesus is saying, you know, you're the little rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church. And, and some organizations claim that Peter was building, I mean, God was, Jesus was building his church upon Peter, the small rock, the Petros. And it's not. The big rock is huge, different than the little Peter. But anyway, the part I really want to dwell on was uh, verse 19. Uh, that uh, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loosen on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And here's a, another uh, version, and this is a little bit more on how it works and how Jesus intended for it to work. And just a couple chapters over, we were in what, verse, or chapter 16, and we'll, be, we'll stay in Matthew um, chapter 18. Matthew 18, verse 15 through 20. Moreover, we're breaking into a long thought, and, and, and if we wanted to kill a little time, we could read a little bit more, but I'd like to get back in, uh, right into the, the crux of the matter. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, and have we ever trespassed against anyone? Has anybody in our church ever trespassed against us? Family members do, that's for sure, but sometimes we even trespass against ourselves in the church at times. We're not perfect, you know, the New Testament church wasn't perfect, and we could give a lot of examples. We even show when uh, Paul and Barnabas had a problem, and, and uh, uh, Paul, you know, got on to uh, Peter one time. So, you know, we know that people sometimes in the church uh, have a problem with each other. Uh, if you trespass against you, go and tell him or her but his fault between you and him alone or she. You know, we go then personally. This is the technical way of the church to do it, the Christian way of doing it. And if he shall hear you, you have gained your brother. Fine, you know, end of story. We've, we've got that over. We've had this misunderstanding or whatever the deal is. But, 16, but if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. So if you think they're, they're not getting through to the person, and I've had that even happen to me here in, in, in the Tulsa church, a person came to me and and said, uh, would you go with me to an individual, you know, that we're having a difficulty with, or I'm having a difficulty, misunderstanding, and uh, the person wanted me to go with them to, you know, to just to be a witness, not to take sides or anything else, but to be with them, and uh, we did. And 
it stopped there. You know, the person had the understanding, found out, uh, you know, really what the intent was, that this person didn't do whatever it was. So anyway, so it didn't have to go to the rest of the church. And a very godly thing, and, and I was glad that I was able to see that work and operation. Verse 17, and if he shall neglect to hear them, you know, them, or that me and the other person, if they had a fellow to do that, tell it to the church. These are pretty serious things. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be as unto you as a heathen man and a publican. You know, so if they're just so blatant, they're not going to listen to uh, good spiritual stuff. And, of course, and a lot of times you'll go to the ministry, too. And some, but anyway, that's, uh, we won't get into the technicality. Um, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, you know, this is something that we bring up. We ask the church to do that, or when we have a group of two or three people together, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So, and, and we use this scripture a lot, and I'm not saying it's wrong, because I do it too. Uh, we use a, that, that last verse there, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And we use that sometimes for maybe a little Bible study or get together or something, you know, and we ask God to be here, and I think he is, you know. But, but the original context here was within, you know, the group of you're asking the, the, the church to, to make a decision, you know, to, to be a mediator between us. But I'm not taking away from the other fact, because I really believe when we ask God, uh, Jesus to be here, that he is here. And here's more of an original Old Testament example of a, such of a thing. It's a little bit more harsh, but it, the, the same principle is here in the Old Testament. And, and realize also this was a closed society, too. It, was, you know, it wasn't just like a group of religious people living among the United States like we are. But in Deuteronomy 17, verse 8 through 13, if there arise a matter too hard for you in judgment between blood and blood, you know, family members, whatever, between plea and plea and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within your gates, then shall you arise and get, up, get you up into the place which the Lord your God shall choose. And you shall come unto the priest, the Levites, and unto the judge that shall be in those days, and inquire, and they shall show you the sentence of the judgment. You go to them, and you know, you go to them like we would go in, in America today to the, if we have a, a complaint against a, a company, you go to the, you know, to the Better Business Bureau, and they'll, they'll uh, mediate to you, and most people that will do that, they agree whatever the, um, uh, the, the sentence is whatever the agreement is we will go by that and um, 
sometimes you you know you see on TV the was a Judge Judy, and then there's this other, there's two or three other judges on TV, and there's a black guy, I like him, I don't know his name, but uh, anyway, but they agree ahead of time, when they bring their case in to the judge, whatever decision the judge makes, this is what we will live with, even whether we like it or not, we're going to live with that, that decision. So, and some of them don't like it, but they do. But anyway, uh, Verse 10, and you shall do according to the sentence which they of that place which the Lord shall choose shall show you, and you shall observe to do according to all that they inform you. According to the sentence of the law which they shall teach you. So it's going to be based upon the law of God, the law that is already in existence. That was that way in Moses' time, and it's that way in our time. The law, that's God's law that's in existence right now, all of the decisions are based upon the law of God, the principles of God, which they shall teach you. And according to the judgment which they shall tell you, you shall do. You shall not decline from the sentence which they shall show you, to the right hand or to the left, you do exactly what they say. Verse 12, And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that stands to minister before, there before the Lord your God or unto judge, the judgment, even that man shall die. Now, they were a little, little harsh then. You know, they had to be, but we can't do that now. But anyway, this is the first example of it. And you shall put away evil from Israel, and all the people shall hear and fear and do no more presumptuously. So the, they set an example back then that, you know, we're not going to be presumptuous. We're going to go by what, what we asked of the council to do. And one thing, uh, and I never necessarily looked at it in this total context, but, uh, the, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> It's gone. Frogs jump quite a fa pretty fast sometimes. Uh, the Apostle Paul was scolding the Corinthian church, and I think most of you know that and, and uh, are familiar, and, and I've even given a message on that. Slightly different connotation of it, but uh, I use that in a message. But Apostle Paul scolded the Corinthian church for not using this principle. If you really think about it, turn over, if you will, to, or we'll go on the board up here, to 1 Corinthians 6 chapter. And I've, I've had a few people over the years to disagree with my interpretation of it, and that's okay, because I'm, you know, I'm only half perfect. But No, I'm not. But anyway, uh, this is a later example, several years after Jesus' resurrection, you know, around 59, 60, somewhere in that time period, well after Jesus' resurrection. And, uh, of course, Paul was instructed by Jesus, and he knew what he needed to be doing. You know, Paul, and, of course, Paul was familiar with all of the Old Testament. He was very highly educated. But anyway, uh, here's, here's what Paul was saying, because they did not go to the church to do the, the thing and, and let, let the binding be bound by the decision that, that the council made. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, to go to law before the unjust 
and not before the saints. I dare you, you know, you're going to the judge of the world that's unconverted and instead of the church. Do you, do you not know that the saints should judge the world? We're going to judge the world someday. And if the world be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we should judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? He's, that'd be just like him talking to us right now. You know, if one of us would sue some one of us out here in the, in the church, you know, and, and uh, Paul was there to see that, he probably would scold us for doing that. Verse 4, if then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. And I've had a lot of controversy. I've talked with different people over the years on this, and, and a lot of people would say, well, I don't think this is what it is. I think, and, and some of them would say, well, this is really in the, in the original language is put in a question. Well, why would you put the, 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 the least of the people in, in over this, you know. Why would you do that? Even some of the commentaries are saying, well, why, you know, you wouldn't put the least, you know, you put the smartest, brightest people in here. Well, logically, you would do that, but if you, if you listen there for a little bit, this was, I think, what they call it a hyperbole. It's an exaggeration to make a point. You know, Jesus used a lot of hyperboles. Why cut off your hand? How, you know, if, if your hand steals something and your eye sees it and looks at pornography or something, it's not, not that fault. It's, Jesus didn't really mean you've got to go in here and yank out your eye or cut off your hand or your foot. You know, it's a hyperbole. It's, it's one of those things that you don't do precisely exactly the word for word to what they say. And this is what Paul was saying here in the next verse here. I think it was a hyperbole. And I'm going to read verse 4 again to keep the continuity. If you then have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them who are least esteemed in the church, and stay with me, I speak to your shame. Is, there not, is, is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brothers. You know, using the word of God, the principles of God, and, and not even 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 the, uh, the youngest person in church has been around for a little while and studies the Bible should be better equipped than the unjust judge out in the world. But brother goes to brother. Oh, let me see. I just but brother goes to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Yet what a shame that is. And I mentioned this too, I think one time when I gave this uh, part of this message one time before, uh, a lot of the coaches will, I, I know our football coach used a, a hyperbole one time when, when I was in school in New Mexico at halftime. He said, you guys are playing so lousy. He said, our cheerleaders could beat that team. He said, they're not that good. Our cheerleaders could beat that team. Well, that's a hyperbole. And I thought, well, they can have my, no, I didn't. 
but anyway, but you know, uh, even even the lowest person that we think maybe it's us, you know, maybe it's me, may, you know, I'm the lowest in the curve, and I want to be able to judge, you know, some of the things based on the the uh, commandments of God. Now, therefore, verse seven. If I'm, I hope I haven't read too much. Sometimes I get lost in my deal, and I don't remember if I read or not. Now, therefore. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law with one another. Why do you not rather suffer? Why would you rather take? Why would you not rather take wrong? So, this is one of the things that people would say. Well, if we get somebody up here that's uh, not real bright, and, and they, they 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 try to make a judgment, uh, you know. Things might go against you. You know, you're going to have a bad deal. Well, Paul's saying, well, why wouldn't you rather take wrong if it comes down to it? And and he's not saying, I'm not implying that he's saying, you know, uh, let's just take the, the youngest person in church or the person that's not studied as much. He's not really saying that other than the hyperbole. You know, uh, common sense would tell us, well, let's, let's choose some of these people out here that's been around a long time, you know, maybe a deacon or an elder or deaconess or, or, or a family that's been around for a lot of years that we, that we know are, are spiritually minded people. We know that they study their Bible, and that's what we normally will do. But he's talking here, you know, it, it's so bad, you know, even our cheerleader, I mean, our, uh, the, the worst person in the church, or the dumbest person in the church. You know, like David would would uh, be able to do that. He said, why, you know, why do you not rather take wrong? We should be willing to even be wrong in some cases. Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? I mean, nobody wants to be defrauded. We all get angry at times. But if it comes down to it, and it comes down to the peace and the sanctity of the church, and the, the church holding the self together, and, and uh, even maybe in a family situation where husband and wife are having a problem, you know, uh, sometimes it's better to just bite the bullet and do what you need to do and to save the situation. That's what Paul is saying overall. Verse 8, Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that of your brethren... Shame on the people that do that, that defraud their own brethren, cheat their own brethren. I'm, I'm going to uh, close down here pretty quick. This clearly is not, and in the scriptures that I've used back here, uh, especially of the binding, this clearly is not to make up new laws of God, nor do away with God's law but to make judgments and decisions based upon the revealed Word of God. This is in context with making decisions within the church, and you ask for the decision based upon the revealed Word of God, and that Jesus will be involved and will bind or loose according to the decision. So whatever decision we make, whether we like it or not, and it's not to our favor, if we go to the church to make that decision, Jesus will back that up. It's bound in heaven. If you bind it here on earth in the church, it's bound in the kingdom of God. It's bound to God. And go back to Matthew 18, 20 again, just for the closing. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of you. So let's take it all in context. 